you are listening to the Savage Fincast, episode 42, Everyone Eats at Oscars. Chicago, a criminal mastermind called Overlord held our city in his terrifying grip. Ordinary cops were losing the battle against Overlord's super freaks and mutants. Then, a miracle happened. When I found him, he had no memory of his past. I helped him find an identity and a life. Now we have a fighting chance. Now we have the dragon. This is the Savage Fincast, the show that will never turn heel. I am Jim Purcell. I'm Craig Olson. And this is Nick Justice. Whoa! Nick what? Justice, what are you doing here? <laughs> I don't even know. Where did you Been... come from? Uh, it's a well. My dad met my mom. <laughs> <laughs> For those three who... years and nine months, dude. Three years and nine months. For those who don't know, Nick Justice was the one who helped me and Craig kickstart this whole crazy Savage Dragon podcast idea way back in our original episode zero pilot. Oh, wow. (laughs) And please don't anyone listen to that, just based on the sound quality alone. I was using the absolute worst mic you could could even imagine. I seriously, like about an hour ago, went back and just out of curiosity listened to it. And it just sounds like we're all in one trash can talking. Well, I should still sound the same in that trash can because I'm using the same Mac. Well, then... (laughs) <laughs> you probably were the one that sounded good. And yeah. just... <laughs> no, I think I was using like the microphone from my laptop. Had no idea that like a decent microphone. Mine was some any thumb, difference. Mine was some <laughs> thumb size clip on one. It was <laughs> what with like one little tiny hole for the voice. <laughs> it, was, it was it was not a good mic. Like a newscaster, like a weatherman. Yeah, but <laughs> meteorologist. Not that good. Oh. <laughs> Uh, nope. so as you, yeah, and, uh, as you guys can hear, Raven is again, not with us, uh, this week. And again, he thinks he will be with us for the, the next FinCast. So he said that last FinCast. So yeah, yeah. We'll see so. how that goes. He's got Rip. a lot going on right now. Yeah. He's from West Virginia, right? <laughs> you know, I have no idea. I believe he's so. in Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. He, he was in Pittsburgh, I think, then it's West Virginia or somewhere, and maybe back to Pittsburgh. I don't know. Yeah. He's got an interesting voice. People say I do, but he's got a an inflection in his voice that I think is pretty cool. Yeah, it's 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 fun to listen to. He's, he's got a wicked sense of humor, too, and he Not brings... Not bromance or anything, but you know. <laughs> yeah, we miss him, too. It's well, right. as fellow comic creators, I'm sure you share a bond that me and Craig will never... <laughs> Speaking of, I mean, Nick, a lot of you got a lot of people don't know you uh, unless you know they were on the boards of uh, Eric Larson's forum or listened to the first FinCast. Uh, you want to kind of catch us up to speed on what you've been up to? I mean, uh, we know you as an artist for uh, like the Jesus E. Lee series, but I know you've had some other books in the pipeline. What's, okay. what's going on with you? Um been a eric fan from the get-go always click at his work um came to jersey to the cubert school in 2008 graduated in 2011 
did a few biography comics. Um, did four issues of creator-owned book Jesus E. Lee with a, a buddy, uh, John Carroll. Um, working on a couple other little things now. Just self-published a comic called Mantisy. Mantisy? Mantisy. It's like a, a bunch of short stories, right? A bunch of shorts with John Carroll once again. Um, working on something with Anthony Marquez, who was a fellow Kubert uh, School buddy. Um, he was a an assistant editor at DC for a while. He teaches at the Kubert School. Working on something else with a buddy, uh, C.W. Cook at um, Devil's Due. Currently. Devil's Due? Oh, yeah. Cool. They still exist? Yeah. They, I have not been paying any attention <laughs> to Devil's Due in years. They merged with First Comics or something recently. and um, Yeah. So I'm like cool. slowly but surely like putting my big toe back in the water of comics and getting little odd jobs here and there. And it, it feels good. And to get the invite to come and be on the podcast again was really cool. Well, so, you know, the, the door is open anytime. Like I say, you're one of the, you were the original. So, uh, you know, we enjoy talking with you. If uh, people want to check out your stuff, where can they go? Um, currently, go to comet, comicfleamarket.com to check out the individual issues or the trade paperbacks of Jesus E. Lee. Or go to Indie Planet. Uh, to order copies of Mantisy, and that just posted this week. So I'm going to order a bunch of copies of that and do little signings at my local comic shops soon. And uh, and people can get that digitally too, right? Yep, digital download is is uh, the affordable route. That's only like ninety nine cent. Cause they'll charge an arm and a leg for a print copy and shipping and handling. So I don't blame you if you want to go the digital route. <laughs> Jim's a digital guy, right? Yeah. I sure am. <laughs> At least I got you to see the light. <laughs> still, still, work, still working on... um. Ah, oh, shit. Uh, what's his name? I'm a bad fan. <laughs> Copra. Oh, uh, Michelle Fife. Yeah, Michelle Fife. <laughs> so, uh... Okay, that's how you pronounce it. Good. <laughs> yeah, we only know because he was on the show. We love yeah. him to bits, but... Tough name. I, a lot of people, I find, I find there's a lot of like uh, Savage Dragon fans like worldwide, or at least the ones that are like fanatic fanatics, if you if you want to call them. And, and they a lot of them have crazy names. And, and just like the people that wrote in letters today, like we'll see. It's, <laughs> it's tough, fanatic man. Fanatics. Yeah. 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 Um. So why don't we uh why don't we get into the news? Yes, we actually have news this episode. Not much, but we got two little bits, and I think you may find them interesting. Uh, first one, uh, we knew about a while back. We probably should have mentioned it, although I think we may have talked about it at... Actually, I think we talked with it with Eric during the interview. But uh, Savage Dragon 206, which is the latest issue that we're going to be talking about later, uh, has a variant cover, which is exclusive to Oscar's rest- Restaurant in Berkeley, California. This is, of course... Uh, the restaurant where when Eric would drop his son off at school once a week, he would in the East Bay, uh, he would uh, go to this restaurant and work on the comic in the restaurant. And of course, it's a it's a hamburger joint, and he would basically work there drawing his comic, and the owner was cool with it. Um, so Eric said over at ComicBook.com that 
after I found out that Oscars was going to close, the owner asked me about doing a drawing for him of Oscars as a memento, and I came up with the crazy idea of having that drawing be an actual comic book cover and doing a variant, a variant exclusively for his hamburger joint. He was up for it, and, we, and off we went. Essentially, he had nothing to lose. Any unsold copies would be returned to me, and I could take them to conventions. Uh, and if he sold them all off, well, that would be fine. So it was a win-win. So, yeah, basically he made this comic cover, this variant cover, specifically to sell at this restaurant, which will be closing down soon. Yeah, it's, it's pretty interesting. Yeah, it's pretty wild, actually, because when you think about it, this variant could well be one of the harder ones to get a hold of because it's not available for ordering through Diamond or anything. It'll, it, only Eric will have any spare copies, if and only if there are any. And that'll more than likely be a con. Yeah, con exclusives. Yeah, I wonder how many are printed in total. I don't know if you ever said. I wonder if Gavin's trying to figure out how to fly to Berkeley. <laughs> You don't think that he would get one? Oh, I'm sure he knows how to get one. So our second piece of news, uh, Eric, just about two hours from this recording, had posted up the cover to Savage Dragon 210, which uh, there's no solicitation description yet, but the cover shows Malcolm and Maxine on some island with a bunch of tiki-looking creatures ready to pounce on them. Uh, Maxine's got a strategically placed map over her torso, so you can't really tell if she's pregnant or not. So that's one thing I noticed, yeah, uh, because we we do know in 209, uh, we saw the, the cover to that, and it's, uh, isn't that Malcolm and Maxine getting married, and she's got the big pregnant belly? Right. That's a good point. So I wonder if this is their honeymoon, I'm yeah, assuming. Yeah, that, that, seems, uh-huh. that seems logical. So uh, I have to say that this is probably my favorite Savage Dragon cover in a while. Really? Oh yeah. There's a lot going on in this cover that I really like. It first of all, it's 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 a gag cover. It, it's funny because Maxine's saying we're well we're lost while looking at a map on a, on an uncharted island with monsters surrounding them. Mm-hmm. That's funny to me. <laughs> I'm a, I am. <laughs> <laughs> I am an easy pleaser when it comes to funny gags like that. I do I also, feel like... Go ahead. I also think that just design-wise, all these tiki creatures all are really cool to look at. And I think there's just a lot of like really good like detail in like the shading and the, and the water effects and that stuff. Very Kirby. Kirby-ish. Yes. Yeah, I, I, although I feel like this has kind of been done. Has you know, it? Back back uh in the day and i don't know maybe nick you can back me up i can't remember the issue number but i was gonna say the same thing i got if if he's not paying homage to himself with the art or the yeah. image, the composition it just looks so retro throwback and maybe that's the kirby influence you know it just it, well there was a time where he fought like a big tiki-ish type monster with like a i forget the name of the character that guest starred it was some wacky character it was when Dragon oh, you're was on talking vacation. About, yeah, you're talking about back when he teamed up with uh, oh, Invincible was there and yeah, not uh, Mr. Fire Mons- Breather. Yeah, yeah, Fire Breather. And then that weird red dude. What like, was his name? D- 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 ah, destruction, just something. He, he was. I don't know what the deal with that character was. He was an interesting addition, but he, he the character itself never seemed to appear anywhere else. I've, yeah, yeah. 
That's a good point. I forgot they fought a big tiki monster. What issue is that? It's going to kill know. me. I know which one it is. I'll dig it up. How big? That was a big tiki monster, though. That was a big... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just saying that this that cover kind of reminds me yeah. of... I was just tr- oh, trying to remember how large that tiki monster was compared to the, the ones on this cover. Uh, and just, uh, 107. Think. Yeah, 107. And that was, was... Oh, Major Damage. Major was, Damage. Which who, I don't even know who the heck he is. Like. Yeah, he's a creator-owned character of somebody's. And uh, this was that was a cool comic because it was a flip book with uh, Major Damage on the back. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it was the same, like, dragon in his shorts. Like, you know, they're... By right. the water, it wasn't quite an island or anything like that, but hey, yeah, right. it definitely he, he brought that the same back. Shorts. Now yeah. it's even more funny to me. Malcolm and Maxine just hanging out, making some burgers and dogs on the beach, and this <laughs> happens. Freaking tiki monsters always ruining a good time. I feel like the one, the, the tiki monster, and I apologize to the people listening. You're gonna have to go to Facebook and look up uh, Eric's uh, profile to to see it, um, or maybe I'll try to post it on uh, Twitter or something like that. Um, but again, Savage Dragon two ten is what you want to look for. I feel like one of those tiki monsters on the cover look like one of the gods too, like the top left, mm. the top left one. Yeah, like he was in one of the... He showed up when the gods showed up at some point. Maybe. I don't recognize him. Yeah. Oh, well. Anyway, so that's that's the news. Um, nothing crazy really going on, but Eric really seems to be pumping out the issues. Certainly seems to be trying. So I can't complain about that. So um, why don't we get into our Finteresting Conversation segment? Okay. So this is the segment where we pose a selected listener question related to Eric Larson or Savage Dragon to the group and have a roundtable discussion about it. Or if nobody loves us and sends in a question, we'll come up with our own and have a roundtable discussion. We really don't care, okay? Damn. So uh, <laughs> I really do care. Inside, I'm crying. Um, the question I am going to pose to the group is name a character – from the Savage Dragon series, whose fate you would have changed if you could, and and kind of tells what you would do. Nick, you're our guest. You go first. Um, was it issue 122? It was a hiatus for a while, and Eric came back with issue 122, I believe. Maybe um, that sounds right. Sounds about right. Um, and I don't remember how many issues exactly it was after that, but it was um, when we found out. Uh, Jennifer Dragon had right. Okay. Yes. Yes. And it was a very poignant story. It was actually one of the few comics that I've ever read um, that made me cry a little. <laughs> oh my God, we found one of the the the, the elusive Jennifer fans. Um, I don't really know how much of a Jennifer fan I was. Actually, I never. I I wasn't a huge Jennifer fan. It was just the uh, the admission of with that angel yeah of how she had committed uh what's the term matricide yeah yeah and i was like wow that just there was an issue of the goon not too long ago that made me cry as well i don't know it's certain comics like that and cyberface i want i want cyberface back 
<laughs> we just found that <laughs> Nick Justice is a very sensitive soul. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, I had that same thing. And damn you, Jim, for letting the new guy go first. But uh, to me, I felt the same way, but in a different on, – on a flip side to that. I didn't like the way that she was put out to pasture. Yeah. Like I, I – you – it seems like Nick were more like you were kind of sad because the character – I was I was kind of more pissed off that the death was like off panel and for such a major character that yeah it it just seemed like she didn't get her due you know like and I'm still to this day like questioning is she really dead because yeah. I just feel like it, it would have been something shown on the panel and it just seems something so heinous for Angel to do right right I I still can't wrap my head around that and it kind of bothers me. Hmm. See, I, like, I'm of the opinion I like the fact that, first of all, that it happened, how it happened, and sort of how it was shown to us, you know, mm-hmm. more alluded to than shown, because I thought that was like a re- is a really um, uh, unusual way to do it. Mm-hmm. Whereas the you know dry, uh, Eric could have shown you know brainwashed Angel just shooting her mm-hmm. and stashing the body. I mean, or, or we could have been left wondering this whole time. And I think that's sort of, um, I think that that was kind of a, 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 oh, what's the word I'm looking for? A creative departure from what you would expect. And I think that's sort of why Eric's so good at this is that he always defies your expectations. I get it. It just seems way too heavy for me. Like, first of all, Mr. Glum's kind of an evil character, but it yeah. just seems way too heavy for, you know, his mind control to have Angel kill her own mother. It just, I don't know, like part of me still wants to believe that that's just a fake story and, mm-hmm. you know, she's well, going to pop up. Even though I'm not a huge fan of uh, Jennifer Murphy at all, it's right. just, I guess, more of being an Angel fan. See, my big problem with that story arc was there, there, was, this, there was a scene where during when Dragon was trying to find uh, uh, Jennifer, where mm-hmm. he opens a door looks surprised and it suddenly cuts to like this completely different scene and we never see what he was surprised about yeah and that was the part of the future shock yeah uh, free that, comic book day yeah that that he you see him surprised and it cuts to those future shock pages and like it's eventually alluded to that why he's so shocked is that there's absolutely nothing of interest <laughs> i thought that was like was that it I don't... I, it was something like that it was like he was surprised that there was like no sign of her and that okay. that's what we were eventually told mm-hmm I don't know. It was a while back. I haven't read it. All I know is that there was no real like, like he didn't open the door and like see her all entrails dribbling down the walls or something to like really be shocked about. Yeah. Um. So what what was yours, Jim? I'm gonna be honest. I got two. Okay. One of them's kind of silly, and the other one is kind of serious. One, I wish uh, all God wasn't killed by jets. Ooh yeah. <laughs> I wish he was killed by something else. Yeah. Two. I wish Lobo he didn't hadn't killed Loblo. Yeah. Because I like Loblo. So which one's the silly one? Uh, <laughs> that's the question, isn't it? Honestly, you know, I feel I feel the same way about Mako too. I wish. Oh no, I think I thought he got the as good of a send off as a character possibly can. I I agree with you there, but part of me didn't want him to go. I feel like he was Dragon's kind of coolest villain in terms of everything that he's been through in the book and the development that that character had to being a bad guy to a good guy to a bad guy. And I was thinking of the way he had basically chomped off the, uh, the original darts head. 
Right. Yeah. I was going to say dart, but I was like, Well, no. he punched her head. That's right. right. That's right. It was a path. That's was, right. The sound effect was awesome with a little eyeball flying around. <laughs> that's right. Path. Oh. But yeah. I, I don't know. I thought that was perfect. Just, just <laughs> his arc, just the way his arc ended. I think I thought that that was fairly poignant to the character. And mm-hmm. then the fact of the matter is, by that point, Dragon was no longer, you know, superhuman. Sure, sure. So, being Dragon's number two antagonist, I mean, is now it's disproportionate. So, getting rid of Mako at that point made sense thematically because he wasn't really Malcolm's adversary. Right, that makes sense. Well, part of me hopes then that he impregnated a bunch of mer women and their mm-hmm. bunch of Mako kids running Atlantis. Or something I'm hoping or something. that Abner Cadavers stitches his two halves together with his magic thread. <laughs> I'm that's hoping, what I'm shooting for. I'm hoping that Eric listens to this and says, hey, that's a good idea. Let me... <laughs> that would be cool. Yeah, yeah. So good. That uh, that's that, and we're not giving away any darn prizes. That yeah, you don't get prizes if you don't write in, guys. How about this for a prize? Let me draw somebody a pinup or something. Okay, just, just throwing it out there. I'm an artist. I'm a dragon fan. That uh, sounds good. A, a fan request. Cool. So uh, the next uh, the next person that sends us a cool question. And uh, we pick their, we pick it. You know, I guess it depends on how many people send a question in. We'll. Uh, how about this? Send us a question and a pinup request, and if we choose you, you get your pinup request. What do you think about that? But you got to send both. That's right, from this guy right here. <laughs> Sweet. All right. And how about Raven? Color the pinup. Uh, without Raven being here, we, we shouldn't put him too much on the spot. That's true. He's already That's making it. T-shirts at some point in the future. That's right. <laughs> well, I'll find somebody to color it if they want it. <laughs> All right. Well, remember, send your questions and opinions to savagefincast at gmail.com. Again, if your entry is selected as the question of the month, you'll win... As we just said, a, a pinup by um, Nick Justice, and uh, also uh, we'll still get you that uh, Malcolm T-shirt from Raven when he gets around to sending those out, uh, one of a kind, which are only going to be out for this year, so there'll only be twelve of them given away, um, or less. Unless, or less. You know, yeah, because we didn't have maximum, anyone write in today. Maximum of twelve. Uh, also. Uh, you know, make sure, uh, well, not make sure, but send us your comments. What do you like about the podcast? Uh, what would you like to see more of? Or Tell just me how general. handsome I am. Yeah, you are quite handsome. You can tell um, through the Skype window. With that, that I can tell by your thing. voice. It's just a real handsome voice. <laughs> um, so with that, let me, uh, let me read a couple of uh, listener uh, emails that we got. Um, first one is from... And I'm going to butcher his name, and he told me so, so it's okay. Uh, Sorteris Gravis. I'm going to call you Solaris Gravity. <laughs> Solaris Gravity. In vino veritas. <laughs> uh, in wine truth, is that what that is? Um, so he says, Fincast crew. And now, I'm going to read this, but I'm not the most educated guy, so... Uh, 
Honestly, this guy's email sounds like it was written by Vince Vaughn's character from the latest True Detective series. But Much bombast. Uh, <laughs> guys, your risable, rip-roaring roundtable discussion on whether or not Fountainhead shoots out energy blasts versus water certainly had my, e- my eyes tearing up. Attached to this email is the cover to Action Comics 464, showcasing the villain Piledriver, who... Through similar to Fount- though similar to Fountainhead, emits a force field pulse a la Maxine's newfangled force field wristwatch. Oh. I thoroughly enjoyed the camaraderie. What? Oh, I'm sorry. Let me read that again. Attached to this email is the cover of Action Comics 464, showcasing the villain Piledriver, who, though similar to Fountainhead, emits a force field pulse a la Maxine's newfangled force field watch. I thoroughly enjoyed the camaraderie and good-natured humor of your convivial chats. Also, the dulcet tones of your pleasant speaking voices lulls me into a state of apoplectic tranquility, which is always a good thing. In keeping with the plethora of hyphenated words found throughout this minuscule missive, I'll take my leave of you fine gents with one parting word. Goodbye. Sordis Gravis. Eloquent. Ugh. I'm sweating after reading that paragraph. The dulcet tones of your pleasant speaking voices. <laughs> Man, you should have just read that. Why did I read that? <laughs> but wait, he says, you know, your pleasant speaking voice allows me in a state of apoplectic tranquility. Yeah, like isn't that, that? So he put him into a diabetic coma. What? No, isn't that mean like an? Isn't that like apoplectic? Yeah, isn't that like an anger or like? Uh, no. Let's see what the old internet has to say. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Overcome with anger extremely... Ooh. Yeah, it like is, what the hell? Is, yeah, it is anger. You're trying to sound all smart and... Yeah, <laughs> I think you used the wrong word. On like, how, do you get angry, how do you get angry tranquility? Well, anyway, that's okay. So, uh, 464 for the cover for the listeners out there who obviously won't... You know, yeah, I, you'll have to look it up on online, but that pile driver character is kind of a funny looking dude. He's... He's got kind of looks like just a giant penis head That's... shooting some kind of weird force field goo out of his head. Hey, hey. <laughs> <laughs> penis so, head. Yeah. I'm still amazed that you guys didn't know that Fountainhead was shooting water out of his. Uh... I thought he was like Anne Rand related. <laughs> I thought he was like a libertarian. I thought. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. All right, shall we move on, or do you guys want to add anything to that? Thanks for the letter there. Ah, you know, and, and thanks for listening. All those hyphens. <laughs> I think you may have overused your allotment. <laughs> Definitely gave me a headache reading it, because I'm not so smart. But anyway. So uh, he gets a Raven t-shirt? <laughs> what's that? He gets a Raven t-shirt, right? No. No, no, Fan no. mail does not get t-shirts. Oh. Only appreciation. Oh, okay. But we greatly appreciate it. We do. T-shirts are for earners. <laughs> Jesus. Hey guys, just stop listening to us. I can hear the button on his uh, iPod clicking. Do people even listen to iPods anymore? No, right? Y- you have to have yes. an iPhone. Well, iPhones are basically fancy iPods, so. Really? No, I'm uh, just kidding. So um, we did. Right, another, no. We got we got very late under the wire. Uh, we got another letter from uh, Andrew uh, Dantmont. Dantmont. De, De Entremont. Detremont. You want to read that one? 
Uh, yeah. Um, Andrew writes, Hey, Savage Fincasters. I just finished catching up on your last couple of episodes and wanted to make one small comment. In your latest episode, you were both commenting that it was just Dragon and Lorella repopulating their race, and you both wondered how that would work with the lack of genetic diversity. You may not have caught it, but in your interview with Eric, you, he mentioned that there was some genetic tinkering going on to ensure that there were no problems with interbreeding. Interesting. I actually did not remember yeah, that remember from our that. interview, but it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Of course, that doesn't answer my bigger question is how is she paying for all of this, but maybe we'll find that part out someday. Uh, Andrew continues on a complete it's on welfare. <laughs> yeah, they're on the system. <laughs> uh, Andrew continues on a completely different topic. I am a relative newcomer to the FinCast, having only started around episode thirty-two. So I have decided to start listening to all your old casts. No, starting, no! <laughs> starting with your first episode this morning. It was strange not no! getting. It was strange not getting the usual intro, and the audio quality was noticeably inferior. To what it is now. Yeah, Everything is perfectly understandable. It just doesn't sound sure. as good as your more recent episodes. What kind of setup do you guys use for recording the cast? Thanks. And if you ha- thanks. And if you happen to read this on the air. Uh, wait. And, and if you happen to read this on the air in the future cast. Good, good luck pronouncing my last name. I tried. Well, <laughs> I'll tell you there, Andrew. And that is original first Episode zero, which coincidentally Nick was involved with, uh, we basically continue, we basically did as we do now, wing it. We were young bucks. Wing it hard. Uh, basically, what we did, <laughs> of course, just just a quick description of how we do this. Uh, we none of us are face to face. We are not in the same room. Through the magic of technology and a little program called Skype, which you may have heard of. We uh, all get together in the Skype chat, and we basically just talk into microphones and hope that when one person speaks, the other one doesn't speak at the same time. Ooh. <laughs> well, we also use Call Graph. Well, uh, a lot of times we record our separate lines, you know. Correct. Uh, we well, upgraded our microphones. Well, yeah. Well, specifically, uh, Call Graph is another program which is used in conjunction with Skype that allows us to record our spoken dialogue, uh, you know, our, our Skype chat. And then basically they all email the files to me, which I can then cut together to slightly improve our audio quality. Because if you record on your end, you get a slightly better recording than recording the person having to come through Skype, through whatever system they use. It gets slightly downgraded. Um, But then I use a program called Audacity, which is a free audio editing program to cut it all together. Uh, Sometimes we record episodes out of order, so I use that program to chop it all up and then reassemble it. And then I use that to out export to an MP3 file, which then I uh, put on the website, which a friend of mine, uh, Eric Showburn, graciously allows us to host on. And that's how we get the episode to you. So basically you're a wizard. Basically I'm a wizard, but mostly <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm a gutter wizard because I basically make it up as I go along. I basically I, I'm using the same techniques I used on episode one today. Uh because I honestly to do better we would need money and we don't have any money but it sounds good regardless well well that's good to hear I do you have you been keeping up with the fincast I do listen I sit down at the drawing table and put it on in the background and have a laugh listen to it a couple of times to you know a couple of times if I miss something I you know 
<laughs> I'll catch it the second time. Yep. This guy must be pulling our leg here. Uh, I, have hard, <laughs> I have a hard enough time well, re-listening to it to edit together. <laughs> and I spoke the damn thing. Well, you know, though, honestly, like, you know, we've been doing this almost four years now. and almost. We, we started as complete strangers to, to each other. And you just kind of learn how to make it you know, go a little smoother and, you know, we learn little tricks here and there. And definitely, like I said, I went back and listened to the first episode and from where we are, where then to now it's leaps and bounds. You know, I, I couldn't listen to a, a podcast that sounded like what ours sounded like from issue zero, just because of the quality. It's yeah. just, it's hard to listen to now, but you got to start somewhere. And, uh, you know, yeah. I think we've, we've, you know, we've done a good job of, making them regular, you know, monthly and, and, you know, there is definitely a lot of time put into putting together an agenda and, and talking about, you know, thinking about what we're going to talk about and stuff yeah. like that. E- so. Editing the episode itself can take uh, twice as long as the episode length because I have to listen to the episode while I, you know, to clean up any like pops or clicks or like long periods of dead time. Mm-hmm. It's just, it could take like almost twice as much time as it is to listen to it, to edit it, just because mm. you have to listen to the whole thing to make sure it sounds right. Oh, and there's a lot of times where we have to cut out because we just stumble or something like right. that. And You and you, you don't out. even know the number of times <laughs> I mess up the intros every episode. <laughs> Maybe I'll even leave these ones in just to illustrate. Don't do that. <laughs> I'll, I'll put them in at the end. There you go. Got the gag reel. As long as you guys are comfortable knowing that you've come full circle having me back on the show. <laughs> and it's going to sound as bad as episode zero. <laughs> nah. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, you know, and, and not to get all sappy, but, you know, it's it's been almost four years. And doing this is a labor of love. Of course, we don't make any money on doing this, but we all love to talk about Savage Dragon. And let's face it, you know, it's not like... It's selling, you know, each it's not like you go in your comic book shop and it's selling 100 issues and you can talk to it with everybody in your shop. It's a lot of times the only chance we get to talk about this is on the podcast with people or meeting different people or different artists. And it's been really cool to, to talk and have that that reason to talk to a lot of these artists and, and uh, share some of these stories. So we've made a quite a bit of uh, friendships through this and. Whatever tenuous uh, uh, excuse we can come up with to talk to these people. <laughs> Didn't like you letter an issue? Yeah. <laughs> How many episodes have you guys had Eric on now? Oh, five or six now. Maybe okay. ten. It's, it's got to be more than that. It's got to be more. I, I've got to. I got to think it's got to be like seven or eight or more. Yeah. He's he said that he would come on every almost every every time we interview him. He's like anytime you know I'll talk and it's like. I would love that, but I would feel like if we tried to get him on every time, it would kind of – we'd run out of questions. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. It's hard to do it every time and keep it interesting. Right. I think it makes it special when we kind of space him out, you know? Yeah, give him a period to put out a few issues and have more more uh, stuff to talk about. Right. Yeah. That, that's but, my thought on the matter anyway. I mean, how, how lucky are we, though, that, you know, at least for me, he's my favorite comic book creator. And to have access like that, you know, it's like, you know, I, I'm too young to, like, have witnessed, like, Kirby's stuff when it came out, you know. But I can just imagine, you know, there was this group of people that had 
pretty good access to Kirby, those kids, and were able to kind of talk to him and pick his brain. And, you know, it's kind of cool that, yeah. you know, Larson's kind of like my Jack Kirby, you know, and, and to have that kind of access to, to just chat with him is, is pretty special. Did you meet any famous car- comic creators when you were going to school? Oh, um, Joe Kubert. Ah, that, he's famous. <laughs> Adam and Andy, both. Um, do they do like guest lectures or something? Oh no, they actually teach there. Oh, that's cool. Um, you think comics pay the bills? Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha. And uh, Kim Demolder, who is a longtime inker in comics, inked a lot of uh, Steve Bissett and um, even inked John Byrne and <laughs> and others. Awesome. Cool. He's, uh, and others that just you know, Tom Mandrake. Um, and now his wife, Jan Jacima, um, they, they instruct there now. That's really cool. Did um, you, did anyone in your class kind of break in to, to the big two or anything like that afterwards or an image? There's a few, um, Craig Cermak. He mm-hmm. works on a book. He worked initially on Voltron, some Voltron comics right out of school. Right. Gotcha. Yeah. And now red team he's currently working on. Okay. Yeah. Um, red, red team. What's red team? It's a like an espionage oh, okay. thriller type. It's an thing. image book, right? Or no, it's oh. can't even think of the. It's either Boom or Okay Might. I get those two mixed up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, I do too. Let's see who else. Uh, Tim Yates and Gavin Smith. They both work with Blue Juice Comics. Um, an indie publisher. Okay. Gavin draws the accelerators, and Tim Yates does a book called "And Bonnie." Uh, and there's some others that just aren't coming to me. Uh, you have to edit all this out because I'm just they're gonna be it. pissed at you. <laughs> you didn't add me. It looks like Red Team That's is me. written by Garth and Enos. Yes. Oh wow! Cool. Um. Covers by, uh, uh, da, 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 da. I'm blanking on him. Shoot. Uh, Chacken, check. Howard Shaken? Yeah, him. He yeah. does the covers, apparently. Oh, right. oh, sweet. That's a pretty high-profile book. It's from Dynamite. Dynamite, yep. And a lot of these guys did Jesus E. Lee pinups for me back in the day, so. Nice. We all still keep in contact on the Facebooks and stuff, which is cool. Very cool. They're leaving me in the dust, so I'm trying to trying to catch up. <laughs> <laughs> You'll get there. Um, so should we talk about the what we're here to talk about? Yeah, we were we were talking about letters, weren't we? Thanks for sending your letters, guys. We do appreciate the fan mail always. Mm-hmm. So let's jump into the meat of it. Yeah, uh, let's talk about two oh six graduating clash. What was your uh, what was your overall opinion of this issue, either of you? It was quick, fight, conversation, fight. Yeah, yeah. And I it wasn't my favorite issue. Let's put it that way. I right. think. Uh, I mean, obviously, we know it was. Uh, you know, it, this is the one that had the Oscars variant, the the burger joint. So there's like six pages, kind of set in the Oscars burger joint, which is, uh, it was a little silly. It, I guess, you know, it's, 
it's kind of a gimmick. Yeah, yeah, that you definitely get those first opening pages are definitely just kind of there for the the Oscars sort of tie-in. Yeah. Cuz you get the you get the Oscars restaurant and you get like you see the uh the cooks in their Oscars uh shirts. It, it, it and of course then it kind of ties into the restaurant closing because at the end you, they destroy the restaurant. Yep. Yeah, the funny thing is I know like on the back of the the owners of Oscar shirts it's like was it say blazing in Berkeley and you know obviously this is supposed to be set in Chicago. I think Eric addressed that on Facebook or Twitter where he was like, nah, I don't really care. No, you no, know, no. They, they specifically say in this scene that they are in Berkeley to talk to Malcolm's comic book publisher. Oh, is that it? Yeah. Because oh. he, he had to go like tell him about his most recent adventures. They can spin it into comic book form. Oh, okay. I missed that. So the the funny thing is, like, Maxine's like, what about us? What are we supposed to do? Where are we supposed to go? And it's like, well, it's not in Chicago. I don't know. It's just funny. Like, he was just like, don't think about it too hard, basically. She likes the place a lot when she doesn't – she's not from there. Yeah. Creature was pretty cool looking. He's got those awesome, weird, eyeless, Eric Larson trademark kind of – Lip eyes. Yeah. Pucker eyes. (laughs) (laughs) I gotta, I gotta say, like typically, it's a you know a decent fight scene, you know some good choreography fights, but ultimately this fight feels kind of throwaway. It doesn't really seem to like lead to anything or be anything. Yeah, I mean, uh, it sounds the mutant that guy was like uh, someone that was transformed when they you know it's like some scientist guy that was using a transporter or something. Yeah, a la fly or something like that. I guess it's just kind of weird and silly. Should have been like a mutant pile of hamburger meat. <laughs> that I could have tied into Oscars. It was. This is weird. It makes you wonder if this is ever, you know, that that guy they're talking to that was actually getting chased by the monster is gonna tie into this book somehow. Maybe. I doubt it, but just weird. I, you know, it's okay. It is what it is. I wish it didn't take up six pages of the book. It reminds me of when um, Eric did the um, the, the 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 comic shop. The uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I was just see. looking at that cover on the SavageDragon.com when we were talking about the covers, because I, um, I was going to bring it up because the, the Oscars cover isn't. He's done this before with the five. Is it five color or flying flying colors? Flying colors. Flying yeah. colors comic shop. He did he did a similar thing there. Right, and he had their mascot kind of yeah in that. So I'm not a big fan of these. I mean, it's cool. I I wish Eric would have maybe just stuck to the cover. For uh, for the variant and really kind of either left it out of the story or just made it a page, but it is what it is. Uh, you know, it's it's still a fun fight, but not not my favorite. Um, but yeah, I really like this stuff uh, with Angel and Frank at the beach because mm-hmm. I think it's really driving her character forward because she's sort of like finding her way into his life and their, you know, their, her, his daughter, she's like bonding with her. I think it's going to be a really interesting relationship going forward. If something doesn't happen, happen in dimension X. Oh yes. We've, we've got to get through the dimension X adventure. Yeah. Which is, you know, we see further on in this, in this issue, uh, Malcolm talking to Rex and he's still worried about, uh, Maxine being, 
uh, pregnant with his uh, kid and worried for her safety. And Rex is like the typical kind of scientist, kind of head up his ass, just thinking in terms of science and no compassion. But he's just, you know, more worried about Mr. Glum. Which I'm excited for. I like that page a lot. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, one of the things is that we learn that Mr. Glum is kind of shooting these giant monsters into uh, our reality, I guess, or our dimension, I guess I should say. Which I didn't tie that into that giant ape creature until, like, the second read-through, which shows up at the end of – towards the middle of this book, this giant wolf man thing. But I guess that's, you know, one of the creatures that Glum's sending in. Was there any giant creatures in the previous – Issues not, that that might be tied to Glum. Not sure. I couldn't think of any. I mean, I know there's a lot of weird new villains that are popping up, but they seem more like vicious circle goons, and they seem like giant mutant monsters or anything like that. I wonder if the yeah. Oscars guy, the monster at the beginning of the issue. If you he know, was... that, he did mention it was a teleporter accident, but he but he turned into the monster. He isn't. Maybe he got replaced by the monster. I don't know. Oh, that's right. I don't think so because the monster is like, keep out of this punk. This oh, that's right. Fight. Yeah, he's talking. So, yeah. So, I mean, the only thing I could think of is like um, some of those kind of villains that have been showing up in the past. Like the, the remember that mutant Hulk thing with like the baby mm-hmm. inside of it? Maybe. I don't know. But I don't think so. So, I don't know. But see, I think it would go. be cooler if there was more of a buildup where it, Right. There well, was... well, there you go. You could have used this opening scene to have one of those uh, glum monsters instead yeah. of having this teleporter accident sub-story. Yeah, yeah. There's there's one page in this book, uh, the, the next page after the, the Rex uh, page. It makes me wonder if this was a leftover page from uh, – the previous issue, issue? Yeah. yeah. Did you guys notice that it's got the same uh, same layout panel yeah. layout as yeah. uh, two hundred five with like the character on the left side and the you know rectangular panels on the right. Yeah. I was. It looks like almost like something that was like you know cut off the 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 drawing uh, board there in two hundred five and felt you know found its way here. But uh, that old scumbag Willie Williams. What do you think about this scene? I have a, um, I have a theory on this, and I wanted to see if you guys picked up on this. But uh, what were your thoughts? Did you pick up on anything here, or about what? I, I'll tell you what I have, but I wanted to see if you guys picked up on anything. You're talking about the the the, the Craig and Willie scene. Yeah. Uh, I I think what you're maybe talking to is how Willie's trying to like set Tierra up. I I think that that laptop's bugged now. Mm. That he's giving, like he just gives it back, and he's like way right. too nice about it. I'm wondering if he's got that thing bugged or something, so that he can keep tabs on what Malcolm's yeah. doing. Maybe. Yeah. I think he just doesn't want to get arrested. I don't know. For breaking it just, and entering. I feel like there's something more to it. Goodwill will be right. I mean that that he you you know he's definitely probably not above it. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. Do you think this uh, Craig character is going to become like a, a character in the book? That's I mean, we've seen him what twice now or three times? Yeah, uh, three times I want to say. No, twice. I think we saw him when Maxine moved in, and here actually. Yeah, yeah. I think the next time we see him, he'll probably get killed. 
dart just cuts his head off. Right. <laughs> nah, I don't. You never know. You never know. Yeah, that's the fun of the book. You never know who's going to get whacked. Definitely. So, I guess as we were talking, and one of the things that we skipped out on is this is setting up a Malcolm in Dimension X type thing with uh, with the way that he's talking to Rex, right? And we see in the the previous the next cover was it two oh seven and two oh eight. He's definitely fighting Glum. Um. You guys have any predictions on how that's going to go? Uh, probably not well. Yeah, I think you met. You, do you think one of the angels might not survive? That's what I'm thinking. Because we got two of them, and we don't need it. <laughs> right. I, I hope they both survive. But I got I got two pet theories. Go for it. Let's pet, see if you're right. Pet, pet theory one: somehow they are merged together, and now they have shared memories. What? Of both angels. So that she can be one character, but be both angels. For even more complicated Frank relationship shenanigans. That's pretty good, Jim. I like that. Second theory. Original Angel is killed. They bring Savage World Angel back. And so she has to try to slide into image Original Angel's life. More shenanigans. I think that's too complicated and Eric would want to get away from that. You know what? He probably does, which is unfortunate. I see evil angel. Complex. Make it more complex, damn it. <laughs> this is what I this is what I see. I see Glum about to kill our angel, the good angel or Malcolm, an evil angel has a change of heart and gets in the way and he kills her. Ding ding ding. It's got to be a tragic ending like no. to like the one person the Glum loves. The, the boring third choice. <laughs> I'm probably wrong. I never, ever, ever get like anything right in terms of Savage Dragon. Like, get, like guessing any kind of. I don't know. I have a lot of attachment to Savage World Angel just because uh, she was the primary angel for the majority of my time on the book. Mm-hmm. Well, my early years, anyway. I, I loved her old cartoon ways and her giant mouth and her doll eyes, and becoming the sex slave of a interdimensional warlord. I just see the one thing that Glum loves most is Angel. And I just see like something like kind of like what happened with Dart where, mm-hmm. you know, she gets in the way and he blames Malcolm or the other angel for yeah. her death. And he just goes berserk. It would be a good way to set up more of more tension and more, uh, more for like future. From Malcolm. Yeah. From Malcolm and, uh, or whoever survives to have that conflict with Glum. Yeah. Or not just, you know, Malcolm's dad, but now there's even more of a reason. Exactly. For, for that, that feud. We'll see. Yes, we'll see. Yeah. Cause it's definitely happening next, right? Yep. Yeah. Two issues. It sounds like. And then, and then that good. wraps that up. I was hoping it would be more than one issue. I was afraid it was just a one and done, but good. Good. Yeah, definitely. So it looks like Frank's got a new set of wheels. That that police salary helped well, help him get that '57 Chevy or whatever it is. I like that Eric is putting some time into drawing cars. Yeah, he hates cars. And he usually they look like 1970 like <laughs> box cars. Yeah, you can see in uh, the um, 
I don't I don't know the page number, but you can see it driving past a bunch of box cars. <laughs> for comparison. Uh, that's awesome. So it's Malcolm's uh he's gonna graduate, I guess. So is I guess this issue is the last issue is Malcolm as a high school student. Yep, I think that's the implication. And we get this giant uh mauve colored wolfman as Maxine uh eloquently states and he beats the crap out of uh malcolm and angel for a little bit and angel lets malcolm kind of go to his graduation she's well she stays and fights the wolfman which is kind of fun uh nothing really spectacular though one thing um i'm kind of missing about the book and we saw like and, you know, I don't know if you guys, you guys may disagree or nothing, but for a while, when Eric was doing, like, the twice-up stuff, like, I'm thinking issue 194 with the building falling on top of people or 196 with uh, when Malcolm's whipping those chains around and stuff, those yeah. splashes, like, with a twice-up, I just – you really notice a difference. And I'm not sure if it's Eric not doing twice-up anymore. Oh, he's definitely doing twice-up. He told us that in the interview. Yeah, I don't, I don't know, like – if it's not on all the pages, or I don't know. I just for a while in like those mid one nineties, it was like he was firing all cylinders with some of these splash pages, and they were like super hyper detailed with like the twice up. And I'm like this issue, I, I don't know. I don't get that, you know. And, and you know, I, I don't know if it's just me, but splashes just hasn't been as cool as like some of the the ones in the in the one nineties. I don't know. Um, the coloring on this uh, big splash page is a little not really jiving with me but otherwise it looks like you know he's got plenty of hair detail a lot of background detail action lines yeah i don't know maybe it's just me i'm just yeah i just uh i just don't feel like uh it's got like the details like some of the past twice up type stuff he's put out yeah i don't know i don't know i could definitely still see the twice up myself mm-hmm. i but, still uh, see it in the inks i still see it yeah, yeah. In, the, in the ink work, I can definitely tell because there's more little sketchy link. Ink yeah, like the little tiny lines and stuff right. like that. <clears throat> yeah, get that. So Wolfman gets the crap beat out of him, right? And then uh, the tide turns, and when Angel's left alone with him, he, I guess, is starting to beat her up. We don't see that. We see, uh, we see Malcolm graduate. It's good to see. Um, uh, Thunderhead still kind of being like a, a supporting character. I, I really, really like that character, and I'm glad that we're kind of seeing him in every issue. Yeah. Question, is this the first time we see Lightning Punch back since his blood transfusion? Uh, I want to say yes, but I can't remember. Don't know. I mean, I know he did it. He punched Fountainhead. Fountainhead, right. But was that in the Legacy issue? So does that not count in time? You know, right, well, it was Bountainhead was legacy, right? Yeah, that that's yeah. the future. We we knew he had lightning powers back because of that, mm. but he got his blood transfusion in two hundred four. Yeah, two hundred four, and I'm just flipping through real quick. In two hundred five, I'm pretty sure this is the first time he's reused his lightning powers since his blood transfusion brought them back. Gotcha. So yeah. he didn't punch the. The goon from the prom with the lightning punch or anything? I do not believe so. No, he did not. Oh, there you go. It's back. 
lightning punch to the head. And another. <laughs> yeah, I'm surprised you didn't, nothing was said about it. I like the way he has to announce lightning punch to the head every time he does it. Yeah, yeah. You know, he, he, he knows how that works. You gotta, yeah. <laughs> so that that's about it. I mean, he, he graduates... That monster comes back after beating on Angel a bit. He takes care of the monster with the, the lightning punch. And kind of last panel is Angel saying congratulations. Welcome to adulthood because, you know, it's the last day of high school. So now, uh, you know, we'll see what comes next. And in the book, he said, you know, I think Frank was talking to him in the car scene. was like, aren't you going to join the force? But I think that's going to wait until after he, he gets into Dimension X. Right. So, what were you guys' overall <coughs> thoughts of the issue? Jesus Christ, what was that? Couldn't hit the mute button fast enough. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. <laughs> you all right? No, I sneezed. Oh. Okay. What were you guys' impression of this issue? I, I, personally, I wasn't the biggest fan of this issue. Yeah. Um, it was okay. Not the greatest. Yeah, I mean, it, it's fine. It's just it didn't really do anything super exciting. It just kind of feels like a transitional issue from this to he had to graduate high school and now he's got to go to Dimension X. Right. Mm-hmm. It was a setup issue for that. Yeah. Most part. And, of course, it also had the tie-in with the Oscars thing, kind of chewing up some pages. Yeah, so. the, the Oscar thing chewed up a ton of pages. Yeah. But I think two two important things in this issue is, A, he's no longer a high school kid anymore, so now Eric can push him more into the full-time superhero. Yep. and Or police officer or whatever. And, B, it looks like we're going to get the glum kind of story wrapped up with uh, Evil Angel and... I'm looking forward to that. So there's two positives. I mean, they all can't be the best issue. Yeah, that's true. I mean, you know, it's still better than most. Mm-hmm. It's just not better than most Savage Dragon comics. Right. right. But we did get two issues inside of a month. That yeah. is true. When's the last time that happened with uh, Savage Dragon? 1990 something. Eight. Really? Wow. I have no idea. I think it was with like the Savage World or something like that. Yeah, maybe maybe when he, when he was hurt and he was playing catch up. Yeah. yeah. So uh, this uh, the the other part of this book is the backup story, the Mighty Man backup story, which is part two of the the Big Bang uh, story, which was colored by our good friend uh, Adam Pruitt and lettered, uh, penciled by Darren Goodhart. Uh, Inked by Mike Matthew and the writer Terrence Gripe Jr., who I don't know. I don't know if you guys know who he is or if he's written anything else. I wonder what Adam lettered, because if I recall, this is from way back in like the 90s or late 90s, early 2000s. I think he might have re-lettered it. I have to old look thing, at my old. Really? I have to look at my old Big Bang issue. I'm not sure. I don't maybe, know. Maybe he, he had to. Maybe the way it was lettered had to be redone. I'm not sure. I know he told me he was glad it finally saw print after at least a year. Yeah, I, I think we talked last episode. I, I remember him posting like a a teaser on like Instagram, and it was a long time ago. But it's cool. What do you guys think of the story here? It reminds me of some good old Doctor Strange. Yep. Definitely a lot of Doctor Strange in it. 
lot of Jim Starlin in it. Um, yeah. you, you must have read the first part. What did you think of the first part, Nick? Let's see. I'm looking at it now. Uh, I'm looking at the second part. I love that splash page. The second mm-hmm. page of the second. Yeah, yeah. That's pretty cool. Um, I just read it before we started recording, so mm-hmm. I have to read it again. <laughs> uh, and I'll have to go back and read the first one again as well. But I have read Someone it. didn't do their homework. All right. No, I'm just kidding. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I did read it. It just takes a while for it's, me. This is a, it's one of those weird 70s like style yeah. comics that I don't know what the hell is going on half the time, but it's fun. It's like, time travel. It's time travel. It hurts my head. They're yeah, doing all sorts. The one thing that kind of made me laugh, and I don't know if you guys got this, if the listeners got this, but, or what. It's like they're fighting outside of space and time, right? And this, right. Like, this continuum type thing. And then while they're battling, the guy, uh, the, the the evil guy, I don't know what's his, what his name is. I just call him the Magus or whatever. He uh, he teleports himself out into reality, right? And he gets hit by a bus. Right. Yeah. How does Mighty Man get out of there? What do you mean? Out of this, like, void that he's in that's not in space or time. Well, he's Mighty Man. He um. He just flew back home. Just no, it's just home. that once his uh, wristband thing broke, it's it. He got oh. popped through time, and Mighty Man got returned to where he came from. Oh, so yeah. they both. All right, I read that as he kind of just left, and Mighty Man's still chilling. And I'm like, well, how the hell did he get out of there? Ah. So you're saying they both got? Yeah, he was trying to escape, so he sent Mighty Man back where he found him, but his the it was his wrist was damaged, so he accidentally got sent to the 1990s and caused pretty much Ann Stevens becoming Mighty Man. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, all right. Did you pick up on that fact? No, like at the end, I didn't pick up on the, like, I just thought, like I said, the old man escaped out of that kind of continuum. Right. And left the original Mighty Man there. But Right. But I get what you're saying now. But you see how he lands and uh, he looks at his wrist, wrist device and he says he's, he's homed in on the 1990-something and gets hit by the bus. Yeah. The, bu- the bus is going to Hillman Hospital. Right. And that bus has got a uh, um, Billy Beerman on it. And so he doesn't get to his uh, his uh, grandfather, Bobby Beerman, in time to get his Mighty Man powers. So they get transferred to Ann Stevens. So this gotcha. whole story is basically how this future version of Mighty Man screws up and is responsible for the powers going to Ann Stevens in the first place. Gotcha. Where did you get that Billy Beerman's on the bus? Well, because just, that, that's always that's always been the story is that Bobby Beerman was Mighty Man. Yeah, I remember that now. Yeah, I, the, I got you. In the Golden Age and the Silver Age. Yeah. He's dying, not... and Billy Beerman doesn't get to him in time before he dies. Gotcha. And you it's, see that the bus is going to the Hillman Hospital. Hospital. Yeah. Maybe that's him in the uh, next to last panel on that page behind yeah. the bus driver. Yeah, yeah. I think you're right because it's like – well, I mean, I mean it's definitely inferred now that you say that. I'm so glad we have these talks because that would have just went over my head. Yeah, it's not some random bus. It's the bus. Gotcha. And whether or not this prevents that future that he comes from from happening. Comes full circle now. Yeah. Kind of like this episode. Awesome. I actually uh, – yeah. <laughs> we got a theme going on here. 
Full circle. That's going to be the title, right? Um, no, I that what you just pointed out there just made this story like a hundred times better for me. Yeah. All right. I've, everything I said, throw out the window. I, I love the story. It was great. <laughs> I understand everything now. I'm just. I was too dense. Yeah, it's time travel. I told Adam that I liked his just just the flat coloring. Yeah. No, you know, nothing fancy about the coloring. No. Very it, straightforward. Yeah, it's going for that like Bronze Age feel, I think, and Definitely. it works. Yep, it works. It's neat. I I, uh, I like these kind of backups. I I uh, I like the style. I didn't understand the story as much until it was just explained to me. But uh, good stuff. Oh, it's good to have got- it. I enjoyed it. I don't right. remember. I don't know if there's any more Mighty Mans uh, um, from Big Bang, but I'd like no, to see this more well, of it. The other Mighty Mans in Big Bang were in the like CC Beck, uh, Captain Marvel kind of uh, mm-hmm. uh, uh, style, so like real cartoony, and they were published previously in like Savage Dragon, I think twenty five and fifty. Oh, okay. Which are also really really cool looking, because the the guy that. The artist who did that, and I can't remember his name, but he's since passed away. But he aped CC Beck so well; it looks so cool. So anyway, and we get no uh, no funnies on this. No funnies. Uh, Disappointing. Yeah. So. Yeah. So, so kind of a brief issue. I mean, uh, overall. Just kind of like a morsel before the feast next issue. Right. And it was just cool to get, like I said, that second issue inside of a month. That's true. Yeah. I was like, wow, I wasn't expecting this. Yeah. I can't complain about that, you know, honestly. We'll see how they uh, they keep rolling. Didn't Eric, wasn't Eric in like uh, Ireland or something like that? Yeah, he's been, he's been in Ireland for the last he couple of He said he was weeks. in Ireland, then he was in Montreal, like, and then he, he went to go visit his son in college in Vermont, so... It, uh, I know, I think it was Adam or someone said that he wanted to hurry up and get this issue in the can so you could go travel. So that kind of sped things up. So I, I'm not sure when the next issue will come out, if that's still going to be on time or a little late or what. Yeah. So uh, Savage Dragon 207. Well, do you have the, you should have the solicitation copy, right? Yep, here it is. Nick, do you want to take the honors? Savage Dragon 207 solicitation. Malcolm Dragon, Battle Girl, and Rex Dexter go into Dimension X to rescue Angel Dragon and bring Mr. Glum to justice. Nick Justice. (laughs) Dude, you have, like, the best superhero name. Thank you. (laughs) That influenced you to to get into comics? You're like, damn. I don't know. draw comics. Probably when I was like a kid, it just—I've I've heard it all my life, and I just—I just laugh. I think it's funny. Also, a good wrestler <laughs> name. <laughs> yeah. What is uh, what's what background is that for? Like justice? What is, is that like just English or? Uh, I believe Scottish. Oh, Scottish. It's just us. It's it's T T U S. Yes. Yeah. The spelling—I I can't tell you. I'll have to delve into some family history and find out why the spelling changed probably some cr- criminal aspect i'm sure they have. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Scotland's, so cool. greatest, Scotland's greatest criminals, the justices. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, so two, yeah, two hundred seven. Two hundred seven. Forward to talking about that. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So, uh, Nick, do you read comics at all? Sometimes, when I can squeeze it in. Re- read anything interesting lately? Um. Let's see. Savage Dragon. Uh huh. I also picked up. Maybe I shouldn't touch on this. Because I don't know if you guys have it yet, but uh, Archives <gasps> Volume Four. What one? Ar- oh, Archives. Savage Dragon Archives. Did that come out already? Oh, Is that on Amazon? It should be. Yeah. I gotta catch up. I have one and two. I never bought three. Yeah. I gotta get that. I love looking at. And for the listeners, talking about the Savage Dragon Archives, which are like the essential oh. kind of editions for Savage Dragon, the black I, and white. I love them. Yeah. yeah I the, love them the too. Line work. Some people, especially some artists, either they don't like colored comics or they they prefer their comics in color. I eat up the black and white. I just love to see that naked art before it's colored. I I love colors, but something about the black and white. And and Savage Dragon's archives are the best because they are scanned line art. It's not like they took the color comics and grayscaled them. I hate when they do that. that, That's That's garbage. But this, the doing it this way, it's like it, it's like completely worth double dipping on just to get it a completely different way. Yeah, I agree. Um, I haven't gotten three or four myself either because again, I'm digital only, and they're twenty bucks a piece, and the price never goes down. So I've kind of been floating around waiting to pick them up whenever I can. Oh. Yeah. So what about you, Jim? Oh, I you know been reading my weight in comics lately i've just <laughs> drowning in them honestly um i i read this really interesting uh new uh, not new comics actually an old old comic but this new reprint of an old comic have either of you read from hell no i haven't it's on my list of trades to, to read yeah um al yeah nick what about you have you read alan moore's from hell i have not all right, then this that's actually won't uh, click. Uh, the artist on From Hell is named uh, Eddie Campbell. I've seen his work though. You have, yeah. yeah. He, well, he did this uh, independent series back in the '80s called uh, Bacchus, mm-hmm. and it's about the Greek the Greek god of wine and revelry, Bach, Bacchus. Mm-hmm. I think I'm pronouncing that wrong, but close enough. Um, but um, basically, this is the story of it's 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 the '80s and these gods all. They're still alive, and they are old, and they are sick of living. Or at least some of them are. And it's like, Bacchus is like, he used to be, like, of course, the god of wine and revelry. Now he's just like a grizzled old man who just likes to drink all the time. And only wine. Um, (laughs) He's kind of got a rivalry with with a guy named Joe Theseus, who is Theseus from the the myth about the, 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 the... the labyrinth and the Minotaur. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. He's been he's been hanging around for thousands of years himself. Uh, he he's the son of Poseidon, and he uh, he has a form of immortality where he gets to keep his youth, mm-hmm. and basically he's become a, a a mob boss. And he he's got and Bacchus has got like he wants to he he's got a problem with him and he wants to kill him. So the whole story is like about Theseus trying to stay away from him, trying to escape. That's it's just cool. it's got this really. Really interesting, gritty, independent style to it. Who uh, who publishes it? Um, well, um, the uh, reprints of it is being done by uh, oh, who is this? This is um, <sighs> Top Shelf. Top Shelf. 
right, cool. Who, who, who I believe is a subsidiary of IDW now, but uh, but um, yeah, there's like eight volumes of it, and I've I've read the first one, and uh, it's actually broken up into two books. The first book is basically establishes Bacchus and Theseus's rivalry, and it goes to South America and has like this whole like plane crash thing, and then. And then the book two is like all about Joe Theseus and him trying to reestablish himself as a mob boss, but things kind of don't work out. Mm-hmm. Um, interesting enough, the main character back just doesn't appear at almost at all in that in that book, which is was an interesting little like twist yeah. to it. Um, but it's it's got this really interesting style where there's like all this history of what happened to the gods because many of them are dead. Uh, and like it, like it sort of piecemeal tells you what happened in the past, and like it also kind of it almost feels reads like a modern myth where it's like these legendary characters are still around and they still do not necessarily legendary things, but the things they do are like a Greek myth. Their their lives are tragic. Gotcha. It, it, it's it's just a weird book, but it's That's also cool. it, it was excellent. I enjoyed it. I highly recommend it. How many volumes are there? Oh, uh, there's like eight volumes, and they're all like that's eight. crazy. Yeah, how, how many pages are in a volume? Oh, a lot. There's like two hundred. It's insane that like that exists, and I've never heard of it. You know, when it's that many, you know, you're not talking about something that's like three comic books or like four, right. You know, there's eight volumes of this. That's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, it's cool. Um, on top of that, a uh, new volume of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure came out, uh, which is a manga I read. Uh, Raven would be all over that. Raven would yeah. be all over it. He's a big fan of JoJo. It, it's, I would recommend it to Savage Dragon fans, if only for the over-the-top, crazy fucking action mm-hmm. and the crazy freaking monsters and the violence. Um, it's it's just this really, it's it's a it's a it's a multi-generational story where the current story arc is about the son of the previous story arc. Uh, who has grown up to be, you know, a, a young man who is basically a troubled, troubled youth, street, not really a street tough because he's actually from a affluent background, but he acts like a street tough, and he just he fights for justice and he does it in a scrappy style. Nick justice, yeah, right. And he fights vampires and otherworldly monsters, and it's just awesome. I like how Nick was just like, right. That's right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um. Speaking of manga, yeah, um, that is another thing I've been reading lately. My fiance has been buying me the the original uh, pocket size editions of Dark Horse's Astro Boy, Wolf, uh, Lone Wolf and Cub. Oh, oh, Wolf cool. And Cub. Okay, I'm up to volume. They put out 28 volumes. Yeah, there's a lot of it. That's insane. Yeah. Do you just kind of like need a rest after a while, though? Are you like, or... uh, I, if I get, if she would order two for me, I'd sit down and read them and i'm up yeah to, i'm up to 26 so you don't get burnt out like just like all right i need a break like you could just keep going i don't i don't suspect lone wolf and cub is a very dense read no at times but then there are stretches of pages where it's just lush you know Art. scenery yeah just and i eat that stuff up so that's yeah. awesome that's awesome. I, I, the only thing i i've never read a lone wolf and cub comic i have the old like vhs like movie like one at least one of the movies i don't know which one there was a movie yeah really the shogun assassin movie <laughs> yeah yeah isn't that lone wolf and cub or no am i yeah, that's it yep yeah the that American- movie is badass yeah 
So was it live action? Oh yeah, I mean samurais like cutting heads and blood splurting like miles away from the body and there are uh, baby baby. What's that? There are seven Lone Wolf and Cub live action movies. I did Uh, not know that, and they were all from the seventies. Yeah, the the baby carriage has like blades on the wheels, and it just gets rolled down a hill and cuts people's legs off and shit. It's pretty intense. Pretty fun stuff, but I imagine the comics even cooler because the shit you can do in comics that you can't. Yeah. Translate. I have not read Lone Wolf and Cub. It's one of those books that I really should have read by now, but I just have not gotten to it. It's funny. There's a lot of books like that. Like, I get kind of annoyed. Like, oh, why don't you just try Savage Dragon? You know, you can jump on anywhere. But at the same time, kind of a hypocrite because I'm like, oh, I don't want to jump into this too much. Like, if I read Lone Wolf and Cub, now I'm committed. I'm going to want to buy all the the issues. Right. Same thing with Usagi or Jimbo or anything like that. So I can understand sometimes when people, like, don't want to get into Dragon. They feel overwhelmed, but... Well, the thing with Usagi, at least, you could buy the latest issue and just keep up with the latest issues. Yeah. Because it is very accessible that way. Yeah. Yeah. Takes a lot of influence from Lone Wolf and Cub. In fact, I want to say there's an entire arc that was basically Usagi doing the Lone Wolf, Wolf and Cub story. That's cool. That's cool. Have you ever read Usagi Ujimbo? The random like, issue here and there. Yeah, yeah same like, here. R- random here and there, but... I'm behind. I The, the main series relaunched... Well, it didn't relaunch. It resumed recently, and I have not bought either of the two issues yet. I'm a bad fan. <laughs> uh, have, you, have you guys read any of the Copperhead series by Jay Farber? Copperhead is, without a doubt, one of my top three favorite series right now. Yeah, I uh, really enjoy it. I've never heard of the artist before, and I think he's friggin' awesome. Scott Godalewski, or Godlewski. Yeah. Yeah, um, I, hadn't, I hadn't heard of him either. Have you heard of that, Nick? Have you seen any of that? I've seen it on the shelf. Uh, it's one of the few image books. I'm, it is an image book, right? Yeah, yes. yeah. It's one of the few image books I think I'm not purchasing. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. it's. I don't know what your tastes are. I mean, it's basically... Uh, Sci-fi Western. Sci-fi West. It's like Brave Star, but cool. <laughs> I like East of West, so... Yeah, yeah, you know, I, it's I not collected... Quite, it's not that quite out there as East of West. It, it's much more of a frontier frontier yeah. sheriff type story. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I like Low a lot. I've been picking up Low. Yeah. Low, I, what's what's Low? The underwater uh, book. Oh, I don't know that I, one. Uh, Remender. Oh, That's it's pretty low. good. I... I actually stopped after issue five just because of uh, I I just can't collect everything. Right. Yeah. But I might go back and get like the trade or something. But uh, I did enjoy that book. And I'm all about some Southern Bastards. Yes. Yeah. Southern uh, Bastards is terrific. The artwork, incredible. The story, like I don't know where it's going. You know, there's not like one single main character of the book. It seems like they kind of jump around from guy right. to guy. <laughs> I, I'm kind of, I'm kind of, my pull list has gotten a bit thin lately, for mm-hmm. for a variety of reasons. I'm mostly just reading Autumn Lands and Egos and Invincible and Savage Dragon and Saga. Oh, and Tech Jacket. I gave up on Tech Jacket. Did you? Yeah, I just... I'm, I'm stuck with it because I I love Tech Jacket. I love the early Tech Jacket stuff. 
I love the early tech jacket. This new one, I just, I don't know. It was one of those things I was buying and wasn't reading it. So I was like, yeah. you know what? I just, I got to stop. It's definitely a really out there. Become It's become a really out there, like, sci-fi book now. It's yeah. very, it's gotten a little bit away from its, like, its roots. It's no longer, like, a teen superhero book. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just, I like it myself. And I know a lot of people will probably kill me for this, and it's probably sacrilege to say, but I stopped collecting Saga. Oh, no, it's not good I again. I know, I just, uh... Again, it was one of those books I was buying and I wasn't reading after a while. And I know most people be like, what the fuck? You're retarded. I just did but, that with uh, Revival. Oh, really? Yeah, I stopped the Revival like after issue like eight or something. I don't know. Yeah, I just just cut that out of my pull list. I was like, you know, I can't keep up with every everything that I. Well, that's the I've thing. Got. There's so much good stuff coming from Image. And I just I made a decision kind of like a year or two ago of like, all right, I just. I can't collect things just to collect it anymore. Right. Like, yeah. There was a time I bought as many image books as I could, and then I bought every image book I could, and I realized this wasn't the best idea. You know what, what was happening, too? I think image has gotten better with being consistent yeah. and putting consistent books out, so now it's making it even harder. So back in the day, I could collect all these things because I knew like I might get five issues in a year of a book, so it would – you know. There would be weeks where, elite. yeah, there would be weeks where I would come back with like, I'd go to the comic book shop and there would be nothing there. But things now have been pretty consistent that I can't. Eleven issues a year, pretty much yeah, everything. Yeah, I mean, I don't know, like, even like books like Black Science, which has been awesome. It's been coming out consistently. Deadly Class, a lot. Remender is awesome with keeping his books consistent. I have low. had the hardest time getting into Remender Remender's work. Really? I don't know what it is, but every time I start, it just I lose interest. Mm-hmm. It just it just isn't strong enough out the gate for me sometimes. Um, Black Science, I read the first issue of. I thought, oh, this is pretty good. Then I never bought another issue of it. No. I don't know. It felt like just a more violent Sliders, I guess. I had never read Sliders, but well, Sliders, I don't know. It's a TV I, it's, show. It's out there. It's it's good. It's I think I like it. I mean, just the fact that it comes out regularly makes me like it even more. Right. <laughs> if that makes sense. Did but, you guys uh, pick up uh, Chrononauts? Is that how you pronounce it? Yeah, I picked up the first issue. Yeah, it didn't blow me out of the water, so I just kind of I passed on the rest. But the artwork was pretty awesome. Uh, is it worth it's Sean the rest Murphy. of it? Sean Murphy is an amazing artist. Yeah. It's too bad I hate Mark Miller. <laughs> I like Mark Miller. I, you know, I know that you either hate him or you love him for most people, but I think he also he does a good job picking out the best of the best artists too. Like, I think that series just got option for a, a show, possibly. Well, of or course something. it did. Yeah. That's that's all he seems to do is make <laughs> make pitches for TV and movies. Right. What's his uh, Jupiter's uh, Children or whatever? Yeah. Like that book was, I thought it was pretty cool, but it's like you know if it's only going to come out once every eight months then i don't know was but it running new- that late what but wasn't uh what's his name drawing it um <sighs> he usually he teams up with morrison yeah i know you're talking about from yeah. x-men uh yeah i shouldn't uh, forget his we're name. gonna get horrible fan mail for not knowing who this is anyway it doesn't but, matter but I'm yeah sorry. i did you read uh and i can't remember his the the title of the book but the the take he did on flash gordon uh, another one I looked at, but I pass on because Mark. Oh, I actually did get that. 
and I can't remember the name of it. Um, it should Star come. Starlight, Starfall, Star Starlight. I think. Star Starlight <laughs> that, sounds right. That was a fun book, but it just ended like so quickly. It's like he yeah. just. I don't know if it was like only six issues or something. It yeah. was like, man, this needs to be fleshed out way more. I got it for Goran Parlov, the artist. I, yeah, he's amazing. I've never seen his stuff before. Yeah, he did a Punisher series and some Barracuda comics. I'd yeah. like to see that. That'd be cool. Just a lot of random things I've gotten from him over the years, and it just I was like, oh, he makes it look so easy. Like you look at it, and it's like I love his poofy smoke trails and things that he does yeah he he reminds me of like he's in like the he he kind of reminds me in some aspects of like steve rude on some things like like it's just kind of it's kind of clean but really cool looking like a touch of mobius yeah or stuff like that oh good man if you're an artist and you have a touch of mobius then i'm all in (laughs) No, I, I read the first issue of Starlight, and it was just such a slow burn. Yeah? Yeah, I just, yeah. I could not get into it. Yeah. Because, I, I, well, I, I, sh- well, I love the Flash Gordon stuff. It's just, I just knew he would drag it through the mud too much. Yeah. I, uh, one comic I wish would come back is James Stokoe's uh, Orkstain. Is that, is that on hiatus again? Well, I mean, he hasn't put out an issue I, I've seen he has art for the next issue, but he hasn't put out an issue in years now. It's like one of those creator comics. I, you know, I, he probably breaks even or whatnot, and it's just he's got other, you know, Marvel comics or whatnot to do for like real money. So it just gets put on the back burner. Kind of like last year, I flipped out when new issues of Shaolin Cowboy came out. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, and. That's- Nonstop zombie fight, and I was like, "This is so cool!" Really? Because again, that was me. I tried to get into that because you know the art is just so good. But literally, the first three issues are just the same fight scene for three yeah, issues. One, I know at least one issue was yeah. like one long fight scene, like splash after splash after splash. The whole the whole series was the whole was it? No, I I get that, but I just it, it just it lost appeal after like issue two. Right, just doing the same. The same thing, every <laughs> panel. <laughs> but I it's like, I guess you gotta just look at it as it's an art book. It's a Jeff Darrow yeah. art book. It's yeah. just awesome to like just stare at his art, and that's what you're gonna take from it. It's yeah. not. I pick up um, Rachel Rising every month. Right. Yeah, I hear good things about that, and I've ne- it's something I've never tried. Wait, is Rachel Rising still going? Yes. Okay. So oh, that's right. That's his latest. I'm thinking of the previous yeah. one. I thought, although I think I thought it was on the chopping block to get canceled at like some point, or does he keep keep plugging away at it? He keeps plugging away at it. Cause that's um, what's his name? Moore. Uh, ah, uh, shoot. I'm blanking out too. <laughs> I can't think. He did Strangers in Paradise, right? Right, Terry right. Moore. Terry Moore. That's it. That, that's another guy that I wish I read more of his work. Any of you guys? Uh, Read the Sixth Gun comic. Sixth Gun? Yes. Yeah. No. Yes. Sounds familiar, though. That's something I got into a while ago. I picked up the first two trades. It's pretty neat. Me too. It's, yeah. It's the same. Uh, it's like a Hellboy mixed with the Western type thing. Yeah. In a way. It's from, so, you know who published it? Uh, Oni Press. Oni, okay. 
That's enough. How many volumes of that are out in trade? There's got to be like seven or so. It's at least seven or eight by now. The, the artwork is pretty damn good. It's consistent. They have a little spinoff series too. Little do they? Mini series by um, other artists that sort of draw in the same vein. Who's the artist for Six Gun? Ooh. I can't see. <laughs> Uh, Cullen Bunn and Brian Hurt. Brian Hurt. Yeah. Mike Norton drew a little mini series, and he draws Revival. And he's done some. He's doing stuff. Yeah, yeah. As well, he's done some Marvel titles I've seen on the shelf. All good stuff. So, uh, shall we wrap it up? Or yeah, we can wrap it up. So, yeah, we've already talked about next episode, next issue. So uh, we'll have that to look forward to. Um, Nick, uh, do you think you're going to come back for our next episode? be good to have you. If you're sincere about it, I'll definitely come back. All right. <laughs> maybe, Raven yeah, definitely. Will come, maybe Raven will come back. We'll try doing this four-man for once. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're just going to put you in the ring. Two men in, one man out. West Virginia versus Virginia. <laughs> if that's where he's from, I don't know. I just like to say he's from West Virginia. <laughs> How do you say that? Just because his accent? Or I could have sworn we had a conversation. Yeah, maybe he did say. I, I, I don't know. Or something. I don't know. <laughs> Was there a lot of rivalry between Virginia and West Virginia? Yeah. Going back to the Civil War. Yeah. West Virginia <laughs> stayed with the Union, yeah? Yes. That's it. That's what happened. So that's yes. our whole beef, you know. <laughs> that's why we fight, Raven. <laughs> All right. Alrighty. Yeah, Nick, it was great having you on. And, of course, Craig, it's always good to have you on. And, Jim, I'm here talking to myself. <laughs> <laughs> and, Raven, please come back and visit us. With your tossed tones. <laughs> All righty, guys. Yeah. We'll see you. Uh, Thanks see for you. listening. See you next month. Bye. The Savage Fincast is a member of the Gutter Trash Podcast Network, which can be found at guttertrash.net. The Savage Fincast is part of the Comics Podcast Network, which can be found at comicspodcast.com. Also, find us on YouTube at youtube.com slash user slash savagefincast. Fincast.